Welcome to Sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Rev. Dr. Matthew Richard. Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. My friends, death is by far the greatest enemy the world has ever known, no doubt about it. Whether we realize it or not, all day long we fight against this enemy of death. Yes, every single day we are at war with death. For example, we take vitamins, we go to doctors, we exercise and diet to prolong our life and keep that death at a distance from us. We also have airbags. Seatbelts, speed limits that restrict the sting of death when we travel. Sunscreen, clothing, shots for diseases. Well, these things too are meant to protect us from those things that would bring about death in us. And we also must mention sleep and vacation and perhaps those long days resting on a beach. These are ways to attempt to allow our body to rejuvenate so that we can remain strong against the effects of death. Now, even though we constantly fight death every day of our lives, the fact of the matter is this, that we are powerless against death. In spite of our modern technologies and all the advancements that we have, we still do not have a remedy, a vaccination, or a cure for death itself. In fact, we never will. That is why death is so cruel. Death does not give an inch. It does not give an inch at all. It comes for everyone, which includes our beloved dear sister, Darlene. And so here we sit in this church together with the effects of death right before us. The sting of death has come upon Darlene. It hurts. It causes us to grieve. 
And no matter which angle we try to approach this day, the result is the same. One of the Lord's blessed baptized saints has died. Death has struck again. Now with this reality before us, we may find ourselves saying to ourselves something like this. Is there, is there, is there a solution? Is, is there any remedy or antidote or cure for death itself? There, there, there must be. There has to be. This cannot be all that there is. There has to be something or someone that can answer this sting of death. There must be something that we can hang our body on, something that we can cling to that answers Darlene's death. Dear friends, there is one answer to Darlene's death. There is an antidote for the sting of death. Yes, that sting of death against Darlene. There is a remedy, and that is the resurrection. Yes, the resurrection. You see, in our gospel reading from the gospel of John, we hear of another death, the death of Lazarus. And right there, amid death itself, Jesus responds. He responds to the sting of death, saying that he is the resurrection and the life. Now, we must keep in mind that Jesus is not giving an academic lecture when he talks about the resurrection, as if he is referencing an obscure doctrine of the Christian church. He is not affirming a theoretical doctrine, a theoretical concept of the resurrection, as if it is a fairy tale doctrine or some kind of myth. He's also not inferring that he raises dead people from time to time, you know, kind of like a Las Vegas magician who only performs on the weekends. But Jesus is saying quite the opposite. He is saying quite the opposite. Jesus says this, that he is. That he is the resurrection. That he is life. Now, dear friends, when Jesus says that he is the resurrection, he is saying that he is the author and the cause of the resurrection, that the resurrection comes through him and is dependent on him. And what is that resurrection? Well, the resurrection is not some half-baked reincarnation where we supposedly come back in another body. The resurrection is also not a spiritual resurrection of the soul as if our spirits are raised to bounce on the clouds of heaven and, and whisk through heaven's harps. No way, no how, but instead the resurrection. The resurrection is the full raising of the body from the dead. So what does this mean? Well, it's quite simple. It's quite simple. It is simple, however, it is profound. And not to mention extremely comforting. That is to say, the, the answer, the antidote, the remedy, the cure for Darlene this day is Jesus. Yes, Jesus. It's like this. The resurrection... The resurrection is Darlene's body and soul being put back together again, raised from the grave, never to die again. At the end of the age, yes, at the end of the age, Darlene will be made whole again because she has Jesus and Jesus has her. 
Darlene is baptized into Christ. She is cemented to her Savior. And so with Jesus, Darlene possesses the resurrection. Darlene is indeed possessive of this resurrection because she has Jesus. And Jesus has her. Dear friends, what comfort this is for us. What comfort it is for you and me this day. Everlasting life, it depends on Jesus and nothing else. The resurrection of Darlene does not depend on her goodness. It does not depend on her accomplishments and her disposition. But it depends on Jesus and Jesus alone. For Jesus is the one who atoned for the sins of the entire world on that cross. He is the one who defeated the devil. And he is the one who broke the jaws of death itself by rising from that tomb on the third day. Therefore, since it depends on Christ, it is most certainly true for Darlene. And this day, Jesus is not only Darlene's resurrection, but yours too. Yes, yours too. Even though we battle death daily, death is not an obstacle to Jesus. Jesus himself, he, he died and he rose from the grave. Therefore, when we are joined to Jesus in holy baptism, like Darlene, our deaths are made small for we possess Jesus, who is the resurrection and the life. Dear friends, even though we face death head on with our sister Darlene this morning, we have comfort right now that Christ Jesus is the resurrection and the life, that death does not have the final say. Indeed, even though Darlene will be laid in the grave, we are not commending her to a grave of the dead, but a field full of those tucked into Jesus, awaiting the resurrection of the body. That is why we say that Christians sleep in Jesus. Death implies finality. However, sleep in Jesus implies that Darlene will awake in a moment, for Jesus is her resurrection. The answer, the antidote, the remedy, and the cure for death, it is Jesus, it is Christ Jesus. And why Jesus? Because he is the resurrection. He is the life. He is the end of death. He is the beginning of life. He is our sure and certain assurance today and forevermore. Christ for you. Christ for me. Christ for Darlene. In the name of Jesus, the resurrection and the life. Amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you.